0: First question this morning comes from Ike. Ike, it's a it's a doozy of a question to ask as far as a first question for the year is concerned, but thank you so much for engaging. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, that's uh you and I, Heshimu. Uh prophets and prophecy. Had God gradually phased it out during the apostolic time, or is it still active today? I doubt that it is still active. And then there's a quotation from Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, which we're about to read. And then a, the question is really just, please help me out. Thank you, I, I, Um Really, it's an excellent question. It's the question of our day, right? Uh, everybody everybody needs to figure this one out. Everybody needs to think through this, think through <coughs> it clearly, think through it biblically, uh, make sure that they have a position on this. Because in reality, um, uh, this will affect how you view Scripture. This will affect how you view Church. This will affect how you view the man of God who's speaking into your life. Exactly. So, hey, Shamu, mm. man of God, yes,
1: sir. Tell me about prophecy and tell me about prophets. Well, prophecy and 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 the prophets, it's they were real <clears throat> in the times of Christ in the times of the apostles is we have right now a more sure word of prophecy, that's the Holy Scriptures. But when God, is he phased out the apostles, Is he gave the apostles these apostolic gifts, and uh, what the scripture says in Acts 8, it was that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit, he was given. And so after the apostles came and they laid the foundation of the church, And then they died Uh, there wasn't anybody left to pass on these gifts each time in the book of Acts as you see them speaking in tongues is an apostle uh, was always present and it's a bit of a long answer but I ask your patience in Acts 6 the Apostles is they put their hands on the seven deacons and so um, uh, the Philip, he was able to work miracles in Acts eight. However, he could not pass this power on t- to anybody else, and so that's why Simon Magus, uh, the sorcerer, he he um, he asked uh, for Peter and for John. And to give him this gift, he offered him money that whoever I may lay my hands on might receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so the, it's the point I'm making in Scripture is that the gift to, to be able to pass on these gifts, that was a sign of the apostle. The apostles are gone. And and right now we have a more sure word of prophecy, the Scripture. And if you compare, this will be my last thing, if you compare the miracles of today with the actual miracles that were in the Bible, even the speaking in tongues, um, Acts chapter number two is not about gibberish. It's about people actually understanding them in their language in which they were born. So, if I could speak in tongues, is I'd be speaking in Afrikaans. I'd be speaking um, in Swahili. I'd be speaking here for Zulu. That's that's the gift of speaking in tongues, and and it has ceased. <laughs> Shambalala. <laughs> okay,
0: now uh, just I mean in in terms of it, I, I wanna I wanna approach this more from a biblical. Theology perspective As we get to it However I do want to read The passage of scripture That Ike referenced And thank you so much For referencing a scripture Ike Hebrews chapter 1 Long ago At many times And in many ways God spoke to our fathers By the prophets But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he, that's Jesus, upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. A, a great passage of scripture. Really, this passage of scripture is talking about the supremacy of Jesus Christ and how Jesus is so much greater than everything that has come before In this text, Jesus is greater than the angels That's very apparent in verse 4 And in this text, Jesus is a greater witness He has a greater word than those prophets who came long ago in many ways and at many times That's, mm-hmm. that's really what the author of Hebrews is trying to flesh out in that text The question is, is prophecy And are prophets active today? From a biblical theology perspective, uh, we need to understand something of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Um, we would start off in terms of thinking of the spirit by recognizing that there's one God And that one God is uh, is in three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit in, in terms of the Holy Spirit, he is a person, he has intellect, he has emotion, he has will In terms of what he does in his personhood, he was active in creation, he is active in revelation uh, And that is, in terms of revelation, I'm talking about the actual word of God He is active in salvation, by convicting, by regenerating, and by preserving those who are saved. And then he is active very specifically in sanctification. Now, sanctification is a big word. It really just means set apart, um, holy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very attached to that word holy. How is the Holy Spirit engaged in sanctification? Well, he is engaged in Contending, uh, he participates with us in the cleansing process He is, um, pot- he, he is engaged and he is active uh, in praying as part of the sanctification process In empowering and in guiding But very specifically, as it relates to sanctification into the church He is involved in gifting Gifting the church Uh, This is the supernatural enablement For the edification of the church And there are two things about gifting First uh, we'll talk about the gifts in a moment But before we even rush to the gifts Let me just talk about Did I say biblical theology? No, this is more systematic theology Um, When we talk about the gifts We talk about the purpose of the gifts And then we talk about the gifts themselves And when we speak about the purpose of the gift It's very important to note That the primary purpose is the edification of the church The Holy Spirit God gives gifts That the church might be edified That's Christianese That word edified And it really means That the church might be built up That they might be equipped And readied for every good task but now let 's talk about the gifts themselves. The gifts are split into into two broad categories: They are miraculous gifts and they are non miraculous gifts mm-hmm. um, and By miraculous gifts i, I they are less common um, and they are the direct activity of God without regard for his own natural order. Mm-hmm. They are supernatural gifting which manifest through a human agent there 's a great definition of Mm. this idea of Mm. miraculous when we talk about the non miraculous gifts it's very important to recognize that these are no less supernatural absolutely they are common and uh, they are supernatural gifting manifest again in human agents the only differentiation between the miraculous gifts and the non-miraculous gifts is how God engages with natural order. With miraculous gifts, um, God disregards his own natural order. But with the non-miraculous gifts, God takes care in terms of his own normal common providence um, of the natural order that he has has created. Uh, Let me give you a couple of a couple of gifts that fall into those two general categories You have the gifts of healing is miraculous The gifts of performing miracles is miraculous The gifts of prophecy is miraculous Distinguishing between spirits is miraculous Different kinds of languages is a miraculous gifting The interpretation of languages is a, uh, is a miraculous gifting And the gift of apostleship is a miraculous gifting You go, hang on, wait a minute Apostles are people <laughs> And the apostles is an office Is the Apostles a gift? Well in actual fact, this is a Comprehensive list of all the miraculous gifts as they are defined in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 8 to 10 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28 Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 Romans chapter 12 verse 6 to 8 and 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 11 those five scriptures contain Everything that we have in terms of listing the gifts in the local church And those are all the miraculous gifts that appear in those lists The non-miraculous gifts, as I have defined the word non-miraculous, amount to just six gifts The message of knowledge or teaching, uh, the gift of faith, the gift of helping The gift of managing, some evangelists, so the gift of being an evangelist, Mm. we might pick that up a little bit later Mm. And then the gifts of service, which includes exhorting, giving, lending and mercy Um, uh, Those are the non-miraculous gifts that are listed in those five verses We now have a comprehensive list of all the gifts and a designation between miraculous gifts and non-miraculous gifts Now we can talk about just one particular gift um, One gift that stands out And that's the gift of prophecy I, I, I first want to talk about the purpose As to why prophecy is given And then I want to talk about the nature of prophecy And finally the application of prophecy Firstly the purpose of prophecy Prophecy is given for revelation For edification For exhortation And for comfort you can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 3 in fact the whole of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 the beginning of that chapter and the end of the chapter uh, is very instructive as it relates to the gift of prophecy it is given as a sign to believers this is very important 1 Corinthians 14 verse 22 and by the way um all of this information I will post um, as images, uh, just two images, uh, to our Facebook stream uh, just after we've done it. I, I kind of created a systematic theology for myself okay. um, on each of the major branches of systematics. And this is my systematic on Uh, The Holy Spirit, uh, just getting down to the granular level of the gifting. So the purpose is revelation, edification, exhortation, and comfort. But what's the nature of this particular gift? Well, it is declarative. Declarative. It is proclamatory. It is a forth telling. It is authoritative foretelling. Mm. It's one of those two things. It is either declarative foretelling, in other words, telling the future, or sometimes prophecy, depending on its use in a particular text, is authoritative Foretelling Um, So forthtelling, The prophet stands before God's people And he tells them what they must do In light of revealed scripture Um, What they must do In terms of responding to God His person and his actions Or alternatively It is authoritative Foretelling. It's telling them what will happen in the future. And it is a foundational gift. This is really important. And I'm going to quote, um, I'm actually just going to read them, uh, three passages of Scripture to that effect in order to just demonstrate the foundational nature of the gift. Of prophecy as God gave it to the prophets. Now the, the first um, passage of Scripture which I am going to be quoting from is from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20. Uh, it's not difficult to understand this passage. It says, built, and it's the church, built on the foundation of the Apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Hey Shemu, as a question, how many times do you build a foundation? Only one time bro. Only one time <laughs> You build a foundation once Built on the foundation That is a once-off activity Of the apostles and the prophets In uh, Jude uh, chapter 1 verse 3 It actually didn't come up on my Bible As I typed it in Because you have to put in chapter 1 for Jude Even though Jude only has one chapter <laughs> But uh, in Jude chapter 1 verse 3 uh, Another great passage of scripture It says beloved uh, And yeah, the brother of Jesus Christ is writing to the church. He says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, he sounds like you and me, we just <laughs> love to talk about the gospel. I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all mm-hmm. delivered to the saints. How many times is the gospel going to be delivered? It's only one time. <laughs> Can the gospel change? No sir No sir Um, And so there we've got this idea of foundation again in Jude chapter 1 verse 3 And then lastly in 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 1 But false prophets, these are the bad guys, friends And to be honest with you, they were active during Peter's ministry He writes about them in his second letter And guess what, Tashimu? They are active during our ministry even to the present now In fact, as you listeners are thinking about it, I'm guessing you can think of a couple of false prophets. They are sometimes not so difficult to spot. But false prophets who arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Maybe just hit the pause button and Recap where we are We spoke about the Holy Spirit We kind of gave a a very high level Systematic of who the Holy Spirit is Ending in his role in sanctification Particularly as it relates to the gifts Which we said were for For edification Mm -hmm. The gifts We said there are Two types of gifts There are miraculous gifts And there are non-miraculous gifts And there are only Five passages Which list out the gifts And by the way Maybe to say Each one of those Five passages None of them is the same In terms of the way That they list And so I'm Absolutely convinced that the gifts lists that we have in scripture are indicative rather than prescriptive of the gifts I think that there is a multiplicity sure. of mixes and the way that the Holy Spirit puts those together But then we spoke about prophecy in particular We said its purpose was revelation, edification, exaltation, and comfort We said its nature was either declarative foretelling or authoritative foretelling And we said it was a foundational gift and here's the clincher, it has not ceased. It has not ceased. Now, um, even to Um, Kind of scratch your head and wonder if what I'm saying is correct I'm going to point to two passages of scripture The first is 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 8 Which says, love never ends As for prophecies, they will pass away As for tongues, they will cease As for knowledge, it will pass away There will come a time when prophecy, when tongues and when knowledge cease But at the writing of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 8 They hadn't ceased Mm -hmm. And the reason why the author in 1 Corinthians, uh, that being Paul, is writing that is because he's trying to make the point that love will never cease. There are some things which God gives that will never pass away. And then in Revelation chapter 11, verse 3, it says, And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. The prophecy there is an all-likely forth-telling, however it doesn't necessarily need to exclude foretelling. The reason why I say that is that these two witnesses are doing miracles. Um, In other words, they are performing miraculous acts. Now, there are different interpretations of Revelation chapter 11. Mm -hmm. I see this as a future event that hasn't yet come to pass. And in the future, there are at least two prophets who stand before the world and prophesy and who stand before the world and do miraculous works. And so in terms of my theological construct, I have two verses that talk to the cessation. Mm-hmm. of prophecy. The one in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 makes it unequivocal that at the time of the writing of 1 Corinthians, prophecy hadn't ceased. And the other is in my interpretation, a future event in Revelation chapter 11 of a prophet who stands and prophesies and so as a result, I would say from a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. prophecy hasn't actually yet ceased. Okay. Now you scratch your head and you go, but hang on, wait, Mark, you call yourself a cessationist. What does that actually mean? Before I give my answer, and this is a very, very long answer, but I do think I need to justify it and explain it um, very carefully uh, before we step away from it. Uh, Let me give the application of prophecy. Application of prophecy is God's desire to reveal himself to us as demonstrated in his son and in his word. That's the application of prophecy. God desires to reveal himself and that is demonstrated in two ways, his son and his word. So what do we do then with this idea that prophecy A in 1 Corinthians 13 hadn't ceased, prophecy in Revelation chapter uh, 11 uh, is still going to happen and yet I call myself a cessationist. Um, What do I mean? Well I'm a pragmatic cessationist. I'm a pragmatic cessationist. As I look around me as uh, in the in what we can call the dispensation of the church uh, a time where the church is interacting and this is post the, the the time that Jesus came post the time that the apostles ministered in this age as I look around I do not see the gift of prophecy um, active I just don't I don't see prophets acting as they do in God's word do um, declaratively forth I see that in the ministry of pastors and there's a sense that the prophetic ministry in the pulpit is a prophetic ministry of declarative forth telling um, and I imagine even if you differ with me in terms of Revelation chapter 11 you'd probably agree that there is something prophetic happening in the context of a pulpit and that probably would be your interpretation of Revelation chapter 11 but I'll leave that interpretation to you In terms of the authoritative foretelling, Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing that happening around me. Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing authoritative foretelling. I'm seeing a lot of foretelling. I'm seeing a lot of men in shiny suits with uh, crazy silk scarves and shiny white shoes and smiles that Mm. should be on um, uh, uh, toothpaste commercials. Mm -hmm. I I see them saying a lot of things about Mm -hmm. the future. And sometimes those things come to pass in much the same way that a shaman or Mm -hmm. a sangoma might make a prediction about a man's future. Um, But I do not see the church holding them to account for all the times that what they say was complete rubbish. (laughs) It's not authoritative. It's not foretelling in any way which amounts to the biblical standard of the prophetic, which when I read the Bible, I see When men speak on behalf of God It is God who spoke I'm not seeing that From my theological construct And now we're starting to spill over into eschatology And I don't want to go there in too big a way But in my theological construct I see a time where the prophets were clearly active And I look forward to a time where the prophets will be active again But in this intervening Period of time This church age Mm -hmm. The prophetic ministry Is in pulpits It is on street corners As the gospel Is being proclaimed Um, But it is not Authoritative foretelling Ike, That is a Complex answer To a complex question But I I did want to put it all out there because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be misunderstood. I, I am a pragmatic cessationist. Thank you for taking your time, yeah. <laughs> so come on, brother. Um, there, there's a couple of things that I said that I'm guessing you'd go, but hang on, wait, Mark, I might agree with some of what you mm-hmm. said, but I, I probably take a nuanced difference on, on this matter or that matter, and I, I'd love to hear.
1: Well, it's, it's a small matter of, of the end times is, is, is that I believe <coughs> that the Scriptures are complete And so the Word of God is actually, it is completed also. Um, And I'm also pragmatic. There isn't a scripture verse that absolutely says that the miraculous sign gifts shall cease at the end of the apostolic age or that it shall continue. And if a man on earth had power unto work miracles... He would be the most famous man on earth, and he would be filthy rich if that's what he wanted. Well, when when you look at these guys that claim to do it, they do chase after the dollar, don't they? It's it's 100% as to what these men are after. And so when you look at as to what happened under COVID, all their churches were shut down. Mm. And I've even heard some of these men say he's liars, that they healed these six people in private of COVID. It's absolute rubbish, Hashemi. Absolute rubbish. If this money-hungry man, if he could actually heal a person of COVID, it's our government back in the U.S., it would have made him a multi-billionaire overnight, And so these fake miracles are being used to deceive the people. And these are lying signs and wonders. If a person could authentically practice a miracle or authentically could speak in tongues, I'm not going to stop him. Who can stop him? But as you said, Mark, if we look objectively at the evidence, there isn't anyone on earth. Who has his power, uh, and there isn't anybody on earth who has had his power for almost two thousand years now? After the apostles left and ceased, it wasn't anybody left a to pass on these miraculous gifts. But then b mark is it wasn't needed. It's 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 the word of God. It had already been authenticated. Is the miracles and the signs of the apostles proved that they are the apostles of God, and the new revelation that they can say, "Thus says the Lord." If they didn't have these extra miracles to prove their authority, then we couldn't. It's it's, it's we could not take them seriously. As so, when the uh, the apostle Paul would say things like, "I say unto you," as as I ordain in all the churches, but his apostolic authority is proved by the miracles he wrought and the ability to pass on these miracles unto somebody else. Uh, The the apostle Paul said, "I speak in tongues more than you all." He could preach his gospel. It it was all over in the known world. He could speak in the language of those who heard him. So if we look at scripture, it is inconclusive. If we look at the world of the miracles that are being purported as the signs of God, is we see that they are clearly not. Mm. If we look back again Mm. in scripture, then we can see, there's a way that God has shown us these apostolic signs is they served a purpose and the purpose, it had been completed. And that me and you, we have a more sure word of prophecy. I have on this table, the completed and the final actual word of God. Then lastly, as, as to, with regards to, uh, the revelation, um, 11, if i am wrong and there are actual two witnesses that come and speak for god and they call down the fire out of heaven come on now <laughs> it will be evident and i'll i'll i will agree with it <laughs> It'll no, be because you
0: because you would have been raptured ahead of time, brother. <laughs> <laughs> now now on that, since we've opened <laughs> up a can of worms that we're gonna have to hit the pause button on, we're gonna be going to a song break. When we come back, we're gonna continue with your questions and answers. Glenn, I see your question. Others, I see your questions. Guys, thank you so much for getting them in. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation at least. And um, in terms of the systematic, I said that I'd put it up on the stream on Radio Pulpit. unfortunately I can't actually put images into the comment section, and so I have posted it to my own Facebook page. Um, I've said my systematic of the Holy Spirit. It is at Pastor Mark Penrith. You can go and take a look at my own systematic there.